the blast from our past network. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Not good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back to back because we love Seinfeld. You love Seinfeld. What's the deal with Seinfeld? I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And what's the deal with Curb Your Enthusiasm? (laughs) By the way, guys, we are going through Curb Your Enthusiasm exclusively on our Patreon page. Check it out. You wasted no time doing that plug. I'm not going to lie. Hell no. <laughs> I'm a goddamn professional, baby. <laughs> exactly. If you guys uh, like Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, which you might because if you like Seinfeld, there's a chance you might like Curb Your Enthusiasm. If you want to hear me and Corey do a breakdown of Curb just like we do Seinfeld, go onto our Patreon, get onto that tier, and check it out. We put out new episodes every month, and we're really excited about it because Corey has never seen Curb before. I I have not, and so far, at the time of recording this, uh, we have only reviewed the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm HBO special, which I'd never seen, just like I'd never seen the show, and I'm already picking up on parallels between Seinfeld and Curb. So I'm so excited to dig into it. I'm so excited to discover that other part of Seinfeld, it seems like. And I can promise that Cartwright presents Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> All right. I did use that quote uh, at one point the other yeah. day talking about it. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. But on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, we are talking season six, episode two, The Big Salad. Not the oh, small salad. The <laughs> Big <laughs> there Salad. You go. There you there go. Do go. it right, buddy. If you're going to do if, it, do it right. <laughs> it first aired on September 29th, 1994. And the synopsis would be. From you. The Big Salad. George has issues when his girlfriend takes credit for buying Elaine a big salad. Jerry is disturbed to discover that his girlfriend was dumped by Newman. Kramer gets involved in a slow-speed car chase with a suspected murderer. (laughs) Uh, O.J. Simpson references. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We are going to get that in spades. A little... A little overt, I would say. All right. And to start off the episode, we get a stand-up on pens. I find it fascinating when you go into a stationery store that they're manufacturing millions of pens. Constantly, we're all buying them. I must have bought a thousand Bic pens in my life, and I've used up maybe two of them. Where are the rest of them? When you move the refrigerator, there's always a couple back there, but that doesn't account for it. Where are all the pens? That's why it's so embarrassing if you don't have one. You got a pen? Can I borrow a pen? We always have to whisper because it's so humiliating. I don't have a pen. They're making millions of them every week. I know. Where are they? I lo- I love this one, dude. Honestly, I think, I you know, we're not talking about the, the third, the last stand-up in this episode, but... If you count all three of them with the last episode and this one so far, the stand-ups in season six have been outstanding, in yeah. my opinion. Okay. Yeah, they've been fine. This one I thought was fine. <laughs> but but you- seriously, where are they? Where did they all go? 
It's it is it is funny because it's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but that's Jerry Seinfeld. That, that's that's Jerry's stand-up style is like looking looking at the ridiculousness of the obvious, right? Um, but or or maybe the not so obvious and and finding humor in it. So, all right. At a stationary store, Elaine is looking for a specific mechanical pencil. Uh, I didn't write down what what it was exactly. Did you did you pay attention to what it was? Oh no no, I was way too excited to talk about styles from Teen Wolf. <laughs> yes, the clerk, uh, the guy who works there is Jerry. Is played by Jerry Levine, um, who is that's what any nostalgic nerd knows him as. Styles from Teen Wolf. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I mean, Teen Wolf is always a movie that I enjoy, but it was never kind of one of my favorites. And if I remember correctly, uh, you guys reviewed it, right? We and did. We did it, talk Teen Wolf. You didn't quite love it, if, no, I, if I remember it correctly. it didn't really hold up. Um, yeah. Now, I do want to watch Teen Wolf 2. Maybe if we ever need another sequels episode. <laughs> <laughs> or now Literally, we're going on show. We're going on like two years without having to, to do one. Um, but... If we ever do it, I'd love to because it's it's yeah. with Jason Bateman and it's a boxing episode. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but yeah, um, I, I it didn't hold up as well as I thought it would. But but Styles did but Sty- stand out. Yeah, Styles is ridiculous, and you got to appreciate him. <laughs> and I always love the shirt that he wears in that movie where he says, "What are you looking at, Dick Nose?" Uh, <laughs> so I want yeah. that shirt so bad. Yep. So uh, Jerry Levine, as opposed to being Styles from Team Wolf, he's actually an accomplished accomplished. TV director. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I was actually going to mention that he kind of like, he, he doesn't pop up as much in movies, but he has a huge career behind the scenes. Yeah. Lots of shows. And uh, he did a couple episodes of Always Sunny on one of the seasons. And actually a couple episodes that are some of my favorite, including Sweet D is dating a retarded person. <laughs> Love that episode. <laughs> also, episode. The gang finds a dumpster baby. Like those are some really good episodes. Now, I, I know Fred Savage uh, directed a yes. lot. I did not know that that style did as yeah. well so that's really cool i mean i knew he i knew he did directing but i didn't know he did sunny as well yep yep very cool so um anyway this character that he's playing is he's kind of weird he's, he's kind of creepy hitting yeah. on elaine asking for her number to call when this pencil comes in you know he's he's going a little too far elaine's not really sure what to do and so she well i mean she knows what to do she really kind of you know tries to avoid him as much as she can uh, including she um she's giving out jerry's number as opposed to her own number but did you notice when uh he asks her her name she says elaine and he kind of says to her himself elaine almost exactly <laughs> how sam lloyd said it in the subway episode yes. when he was yes. on the train yeah <laughs> and you get a little laugh from that i thought it was a good little i don't know Call back for the people who know that yeah. a little a little internal joke, if you will, so. little little internal energy. Um, did yeah. you notice the, the the phone number of Jerry's phone number that she gave him? I mean, She's, it was KL five, yeah, KL five, but but K and L that would be five five on yeah the, five 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 yeah it's, it's which five, is five, five. no who, number starts five five five. That's why that's why film and and TV shows use it. Right, but but the weird thing is, who says KL versus just yeah, five, five five? You know, five. yeah, exactly. That was weird. I, I don't know. I never understood it. I mean, maybe it became a thing in the Northeast. You're from Maryland. You're from the Northeast area. I don't know. I almost wonder if it's maybe just a specific a New York thing, like a New York City thing. I have no clue. I've never yeah. gave a, a phone number with, with letters versus numbers. Yeah. I mean, and nowadays, you don't give a 
phone number without an area code. Even if you know you do live in an area that has basically the same area code, you always put the area code on. You know what's funny? I can still remember, like in school. I think I was in elementary school, so it's probably late '80s, early. I guess it was in the '80s, but they were like. Like we have to start using 301 now. Like I, I can still remember when I could call my mom's number without using the yeah. area code before, and then how like they had to basically tell us all. Like had to <laughs> sit us down in school and like explain it. Now we have to actually dial the area code in front of it. And I, I remember when that happened. That was a big deal. Yeah. Well, we've gotten too many damn people on this earth, and uh, we have too many <laughs> damn numbers, and so you need more area codes and all that kind of shit. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, on the uh, street, as they've left, uh, they run into George and the girl that George is currently dating. Her name is Julie, and she's played by Michelle Forbes. She's been in 24, Homicide Life on the Streets, True Blood, plenty of different stuff, but nothing I particularly remembered her from. Yeah, I like very much recognize her and I'm looking through, you know, everything. I'm like, you know, like 24. I'm like, okay, I know that show, but I never watched it. And then I landed on, I'm like, Oh, Battlestar Galactica. She played, um, this Admiral on the, the, the reboot, the, the reboot Battlestar, oh. uh, which was fan fucking tastic. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, check it out. Um, but she was on that and that's kind of where I sort of always remember her from. Okay. All right, very cool. She, she kind of played like this, like like a hard ass, like a very militaristic uh, admiral when they needed somebody a bit softer. So it was interesting. By the way, uh, while we're on a, a sci-fi tip, my wife and I just started Star Trek Discovery on ABC Access. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievably uh, good. Is it CBS Access? Yep, sorry, CBS Access. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it is really fucking good. I am like in love with Star Trek Discovery right now. Okay. All right, very cool. I'm not a big Star Trek guy. That's never been my thing. I've actually never seen any of this Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Galactica, the old or the new. Yeah. Um, it's just sci-fi. Well, I don't want to say sci-fi is not my thing because I appreciate it. Like I enjoyed Next Generation to mm-hmm. an extent. Um, obviously, I'm, I definitely love Star Wars, so there's that part of sci-fi that I appreciate. But like, I don't dive into it. Like, I've got to see what's the good sci-fi to do unless it is particularly awesome something like the mandalorian which is just a phenomenal show but and i like my sci-fi sometimes i like it exciting like star wars obviously um and obviously we can have a huge debate on the fact that star wars is more of a fantasy than science fiction but i do also love when sci-fi is super slow like stuff like solaris or even the the very first star trek movie the motion picture i mean in that movie there's like a 5 minute shot of of the enterprise flying over like viger and i'm like you wouldn't see that anymore like no yeah. one no one has 5 minute fucking shots anymore like that's insane you know there was but- a or sorry, there was there's a period where like sci-fi was much more into the science aspect yeah. than the fiction. And you're right. Yeah. Star Wars is more of the fiction into the science. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like a trek is something where they definitely dive into more of the science and it just feels it feels nerdier to me where Star trek, Wars was always trek, a little bit yeah, different. Trek they're always trying to make everything work perfectly whereas in Star Wars, even in A New Hope, man, when you think about how the Millennium Falcon is laid out, how Luke and Han are in the gunner turrets, like uh-huh. they're they're facing like outwards. Like how does that work? Like how do you get into that seat? Like it just the gravity just doesn't make sense, but it's it doesn't matter. That's not why you're watching mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very true. All right. So 
George and uh, his girlfriend Julie ask if they want to go to lunch. And Jerry responds, I just had a big bowl of kicks, which is just <laughs> real mature. I love it. I love it. We talked about last episode. We love the fact that he loves uh, cereal. It's fantastic. He loves cereal, yeah. But you, I mean, it ties into his man childness, uh, yes. one of our favorite words on this, uh, <laughs> on this show to mention. Yeah, but you and I, the funny thing is, you and I both love cereal as well. You yeah. did a whole uh, episode on the Blast from Our Past where you and yeah. your brother broke down and rated your top-ranking cereals. I've been on a mm -hmm. YouTube channel called High Spoon with my buddy David where we basically get super fucking high and just eat cereal and talk about it and rate it. I've been on like two episodes. Guys, if you want to see me baked out of my goddamn <laughs> mind, go watch that shit, man. It's great. High Spoon. I think the 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 spoon is like with zeros instead of uh, o's but uh but the point is you and i love cereals and yes. i i love the fact that jerry loves cereals yeah it is funny i mean it, it, it we've seen him order at a goddamn restaurant before yeah. it's ridiculous and, and my question to you is what are your thoughts on kicks did that make the list i can't remember no kicks did not make the list actually so it was one of the ones that i tried because I tried, I was doing a top 10 and I tried 30 different cereals and, and dear God, I probably put on some weight from that and I'm still trying to get it off. <laughs> you, um, you might, you might lose a foot because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little <laughs> bit of diabetes, all the sugar, uh, kicks, not all that extra yeah. high in sugar, but it just, it, it didn't do it for me. No. Uh, my wife is a big fan of kicks. Oh. And so sometimes we'll have it in the house. It's pretty rare because we both try to stay away from cereal now, just in general. Actually, I don't even, I hardly ever eat like breakfast food. Like, I, I'm just like, breakfast food isn't the best food. Like, it, it's fine. Well, it's fine if you're eating unhealthy, but if you're eating healthy, there's not all that much really healthy breakfast food unless you're just having a smoothie or eggs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I use cereal sometimes as an alternate to dessert. That's kind of at this point yeah. all I eat cereal for, for. I don't eat it for like breakfast or anything, but as a dessert, it, it works, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, let's get back to the show. I do find it funny that Elaine is not interested in joining them for lunch, but she's like, oh, you can pick up something for me and just bring it back to me at the apartment instead. I, was, I don't know really why. It's kind of, To me, that was almost like a, a shoot down on you know, hanging out with them, but whatever. And the funny thing is, it seemed like her, Elaine and, and uh, Julie uh, had a little bit of a nice rapport because yeah. uh, Julie's like, oh, Elaine's my middle name. And I liked how Elaine said like her middle name was a male's name, which I yeah. thought that, Ike. that, was, that Ike. was Ike. And that was really, f I thought that was actually funny and cute, but Jerry shot her a look like, what are you doing? But I was like, no, I was like, no, I think Julie gets it. I think, I don't think Julie took that as any kind of like a, a, yeah. a slight. I think, she, I think that was a good joke. I thought Elaine did good with that one. It, it was funny. And also, you would think it was something that they would come back to because they made that specific yeah. cut to show Jerry like surprised by that comment. And so I was like, Oh, maybe they'll, that'll come back. And yeah. it doesn't, doesn't which is yeah. kind of strange, but you're right. It's funny. And then even Julia at the end is like, Oh, Hey Elaine, come on. You gotta come. Yeah. And Elaine's like, no, I'm not interested, but go, you can, you can get me a big salad. <laughs> and so I guess like, I mean, 
was this around the time when salads got big? And I say around the time, like, well, people have always been eating salads. Well, you know, people haven't always been jogging or running as an exercise. Like there was a time in human, you know, existence, like in the sixties and seventies where people didn't jog. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we should jog. And they start jogging, you know what I mean? So like at one point salad was always just the side course. And then at some point societally, we all decided that we could have a salad as a full meal at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I think this is right around the cusp where like restaurants are starting to serve salads as a, as an actual thing. And it's not just a side salad. Yeah. It became a big thing. I mean, I remember when salads started invading fast food, which wasn't all that long ago, but people are starting to think more about that. Um, yeah. And sometimes if you're not that hungry, you get a small salad, but sometimes when you're ready and you want it, you get a big salad. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I enjoy salads, right? But salads are always like, okay, I mean, but I'm, he I'm eating healthy. But when I want a chicken Caesar salad, like nothing else, like I yeah. want that, you know what that I mean? That is like, my go-to as I well. I love, I dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I love a good chicken Caesar salad yeah. and I love a good steak salad. Uh, like, mm. like it's not like I'm getting those just to be healthy. Like I would choose those over something else, yeah. you know, valid. When I get a salad, I almost always want a chicken Caesar salad. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that's, that is, if that's on the menu not to say I get, it, I will pick other stuff over sure. it all the time. But if I'm trying to be a little bit better and I know Caesar dressing is not a great dressing and not very particularly healthy, but you know what? It's the little things, damn it. Yeah, yeah. And if I make that small adjustment, but like I always love like I, I like a simple, basic chicken Caesar salad. Yeah, like, me too. Yeah. that is a fantastic, perfect salad. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be on every goddamn menu ever. Just throwing that out there. No, I, I completely agree with you, buddy. I don't want fruit in my goddamn salad. I don't want weird things in my salad. <laughs> Just give me a fucking Caesar salad because that's the way it's done. <laughs> All right. I do love George and his response of just being like, what the hell is a big salad? <laughs> Which is a weird thing. Like, never heard of a big salad on a menu. It's never called that. It's just called some type of salad. Yeah. But I, I kind of just, I personally took that as maybe that's just Monk's name yes. for, for the, the, sta the salad that's not a side salad. Yes, I would guess that too. And yeah. so that's just how they do it. So. All right, at the apartment, uh, Jerry and Elaine complain about dating in general. Just kind of a little back and forth on that. They hear a noise, and uh, they find Kramer, who's just gotten back from golfing. He's apparently all mad at this guy, Steve Gendison, who Steve Gendison, he says, is a former baseball player that he used to play. And if you listen to our last episode, Corey kind of spoiled this. He is not a real baseball player. <laughs> so, I'm Corey. I ruin everything. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did check it out. He is not a legit player. He's just some guy that they just okay. decided to use a name. Um, but he pissed off Kramer because when they were playing golf, you know, while he was like on the fairway, he picked up his ball and cleaned it off and put it back and hit. What the fuck? And it's obviously against the rules. Um, and Kramer is a stickler. And as we all know, without rules, there's yes. just chaos. There's just chaos. I do feel that this Kramer fits really well with the Kramer from last episode. Yeah. Who yeah. was a stickler. And yeah. last episode, when it came to being a chaperone, he was a stickler. And he is continuing that mentality with uh, this episode of The Big Salad. And it fits with Kramer. It, yeah. I've got no problem with it whatsoever. No. And he's just got, uh, I love his little kind of 
physical reenactment of the way him and Steve Gendison were yelling at each other. He gets right up in Jerry's face and he's just barking like that. And he's barking at him and he's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just he's great. He's just he's shaking violently. He is doing he's doing top tier regular Kramer stuff here. Yeah. And did you notice when he entered the scene, the crowd wanted to give him I like heard, a cheer? I heard a lady, like there was like one voice was like, uh, oh, and then I have to stop. <laughs> it's like, it's like somebody shushed him or something, but they yeah. wanted to. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Given Kramer's previous performance in the last episode and given his performance thus far in this episode, his energy warrants a cheer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean? Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. Uh, at Monk's, George doesn't know what uh, Julie's kind of talking about. She's talking about different writers or something, like different, like, I think either magazine or newspaper writers. And George doesn't know. Like, she even says, oh, this one guy, he can be pedantic. He can be pedantic. He can be pedantic. How George responds. And I love any time I hear that word pedantic, not very often. But if the second I hear it, in my head, I immediately go, he could be pedantic. He could be pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, it's just one of those word associations that I have with Seinfeld and, and just pop yeah. culture. The, uh, this conversation very much reminded me um, about, I don't know, man, like 10 years ago. Nope, not that long. Maybe about eight years ago. Uh, I dated a, a young lady who went to USC and a, a graduate, a doctoral graduate. Um, she, she was going for her her like evolutionary psychology doctorate. But it was kind of like this. I mean, you know, we we were we got along well, but I mean, you know, just 
just out of my league when it comes to just like like intellectual type of shit you know like oh, yeah. you guys all know me you've listened to me for like you know <laughs> almost 90 episodes i mean this is 90 hours you've heard your pal Corey talk am i a fucking evolutionary psychologist no you know i i'm not yeah. but but you know so so it kind of reminded me of that where george just could not even hang with the conversation you know yep yeah i i to, to kind of tie in as well, I fully get that. Uh, Keisha's a legit member of Mensa, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yeah. When, when she wants to do that talk, she luckily doesn't do that all that often because she's married to a dumbass like me. <laughs> um, but when she wants to, she can. And I'm just like, uh, I like Seinfeld. <laughs> I like boobs. <laughs> and that's about how the conversation goes. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. So... Oh, George then kind of goes on to this entire rant about to try and, like, I don't know, find something that he can talk about. He talks about uh, the Atlanta Falcons coach, a bear, uh, not Herbert or whatever, and like the, the how the spelling is slightly different, and but it's similar. And she's just like, uh, right then she should have realized she's dating an idiot. <laughs> but and I think she did for a little bit. Yeah, so nah, so. Uh, then they get a the big salad to go. And Julie grabs it because the waitress hands it to her and George gives this kind of weird look. He he didn't de- she didn't deserve that look right now. She was no, just not she at was all. just grabbing it. She was just grabbing it. That was definitely like we got 22 minutes to make this work. You know, that was the director being like, "All right, shoot her a look here." It, it, trust yeah. me. You know, I'm sure Jason Alexander's like, "But why?" No, no, it, it it'll work. Don't worry. It'll it, it's for the story. It they, didn't they have fit. To that give... didn't fit. No, it didn't fit cuz they they're trying to set up as to why he will be upset later down the road or like some kind of setup for it. But you're right. Like when you're dating someone and you get a salad for something, who gives a shit who holds it? Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, at that moment, George is signing the check or he's leaving cash. He is busy doing something. And so she grabs the big salad or, or you know, she yeah. gets it from the other waitress. And so it's like, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, she, George is lucky that she even grabbed it. Like, yeah. He, the man, you know, like he should be carrying the the leftovers and stuff. I mean, shit, my yeah. wife would be like, "You carry this shit, man." <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he's lucky that he has he's got somebody who's gonna carry it. Jesus yeah. Christ! Well, that's because you're a top tier gentleman, Corey. <laughs> and George is not. George is absolutely not, and neither am I. <laughs> no. All right, uh, Jerry gets a call from the creepy stationary guy. Um, we get a. Uh, Great little retort oh, yeah. here from Elaine where so Jerry says, you know, it's weird. This guy keeps calling. You know, he doesn't even care if a man answers. And Elaine says, or you. <laughs> and oh, my God. Legit laughter comes out at that point. Yeah. And the crowd, there's somebody in the crowd freaking loved it. Like the whole crowd loved it, but someone really liked it. Yeah. But yeah, that was that didn't feel like normal Seinfeld banter, but it mm-hmm. was so perfect that I almost wish we got more of that kind of retort from yeah. Elaine and whatnot. Or, may, or maybe I should say it's maybe it's usually saved for Jerry, but it, Jerry's on the receiving end mm-hmm. of it, you know, and that's what makes it different. But either way, it was good. And even Jerry's <laughs> reaction, it was almost as if Jerry Seinfeld, the actor, wasn't even expecting it. It was uh-huh. all si- all cylinders firing on that little joke right there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, George and Julie come in. Julie hands Elaine the big salad and Elaine thanks Julie because she handed her the big salad and you can tell George is bothered by this. Of course. Yeah. Which is stupid. 
right. I'll save it. No, I'm not going to save it till later. I'll talk about it now. When you're dating someone and someone, like, why does he get caught up on this? It doesn't matter. And I know that's the whole joke because none of this matters. But, like, when you're a couple and, you know, a thank you to that person is, is a thank you to you both. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, you guys, you're not to say you're the same person, but, like, on those kind of instances, it doesn't fucking matter. You're just, you're you're together. Well, I think you kind of just answered the f- why a you're in a successful relationship and b George is not because <laughs> yeah. you just said it. Like as a couple, you're supposed to be. If one compliment, if you compliment the husband, the wife gets compliment. It's like you it's you get the compliment together. You get the thank yous together. You also get the problems together. But the nice thing mm-hmm. is, you get it's it's all it's it's always assumed. It's never like. When you talk about a couple, you're never saying, oh, he's the one that bought her. It's no, they bought it. They did it, you know? And I think that shows George's, you know, emotionally stuntedness, you know? And, and, and I think that is very, very telling. And, you know, obviously it's going to come later, but we're talking about it now. I love the resolution to this. I love her resolution, George. Yes. I just handed her a bag. Like ultimately that's what it boils down to. And yeah, George, she just handed someone a fucking bag, man. Like, that's it. Yep. This is all in George's fucking head. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Julie leaves, and George complains to Jerry that he bought the big salad, and she took the credit. This was not her doing. You know, she just said, you're welcome. Like, yeah. that was basically it right here. Um, But they're really... I, I, I do find that they're kind of... I know it's George's neuroticism, but it's like, damn, they're kind of stretching a little bit to force a reason for them to break up. You know, it's just like, yeah, when when the reason could be she's a lot hotter than him. That's (laughs) that right there is the reason. She could finally just snap and realize, oh, damn, I am way above your league. And yeah, (laughs) no, I'm not going to be dating a Costanza. (laughs) I mean, no one should. (laughs) No. All right. Uh, Kramer comes in and they turn on the TV uh, because Steve Gendison Gendison was taken in or, you know, he is kind of now a suspect for this alleged murder of a dry cleaner. Um, There was a name for the dry cleaner. (laughs) Pinkus. 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 (laughs) I don't think it's the same. Like, honestly, this is like the fourth or third third or fourth dry cleaner we've had on the show yeah, easily yeah. i don't think um, it's any of the ones we've seen no i don't think so because there was like um i think he was indian or pakistani or so, like one of those early on like the very one of the early early ones and then not the guy who jerry and uh quote unquote the wife with yeah, Courtney cox yeah. got the discount from i think this is a totally different dry, like how many different dry cleaners does does Jerry need to know. That's yeah, that's very true. I guess, well, I guess, I guess he burned his bridge with the the. Well, Jerry didn't know Pinkus. That's not his dry cleaner, right? Like, no, that's Kramer's. That's Kramer's. Yeah. yeah. So, and you can well, imagine, it's, it's, you imagine really Kramer, Steve. Get, yeah. Yeah. He, Kramer probably burns bridges left and right. So. Yeah, probably. All right, uh, but. We find out that Steve Gennison was very irate after a golf game, and so Kramer thinks he may have caused it because he fought with him about the whole cleaning of the ball and charged him a stroke and that kind of shit. And so he thinks that he might have been the person that took him over the edge. Yeah. So 
He probably right. was. <laughs> uh, very, yeah, very, very I don't. I don't think he's wrong. Honestly, this entire episode, I don't think Kramer's wrong. I think he probably was the one that yeah, but pushed him over the edge. It's not his fault. No, no, like, no, 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 no. It's still not his fault, but it is Kramer's the one that pushed him over the edge. Yes, he's the one that pushed him over the edge, but like he has, should have zero no. guilt yes. because Steve Gennison was the one who... Yeah. No, no, took it too far. Steve Kinnison needs to deal with like his emotions and properly yes. and everything because you can't expect people to behave the way you want them to behave. But no, yeah. Kramer did contribute to it, but he, he it's not the blood is not Pincus's blood is not on his hands. Yeah, agreed. All right. <laughs> poor, uh, a, poor little Pincus. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> All right, in a cab, Elaine and George are there. They're splitting a cab and George God damn it, George. God he just damn it, can't, George. He can't keep it in because he's so fucking, he's so Larry David. I don't know. I mean, watching Curb, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. He's so fucking Larry David and so neurotic and has to just say what's on his mind and can't shut up. He can't help himself. And he has to basically explain to her he was the one who bought the big salad. I and I mean, I love Elaine's reaction for just her hand is like her just she rubs her face like Jesus Christ. And of course, like, can she really be exasperated by George at this point? Like she has to know this is coming, like, you know, but yes. but yet she doesn't. It's just like, oh, God damn it, George. But Elaine's reaction is perfect. I love Yeah, because she knows that she knows what George does and she knows that he is private mulling over the shit. And it's like, none of this matters. You dumbass. Dumb Why ass. do you care? And George is just going kind of on about how he thinks he deserves the thanks and it's just like oh my god yeah so yeah. stupid and he's still he he these two episodes george has an overall more cocky demeanor because he's got the better job like i think mm -hmm. like like he's just his base personality level is now just has more cockiness to it and yep. we've talked about we don't you know or specifically i don't love cocky george but I do like it when it's just a little bit peppered in, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I do like it, it when it's just, when it's kind of there because no matter what he's going to fall anyways, you know. Yes, exactly. It works because of the fall. Yeah. And the more cocky, the more the fall. When we get cocky and there's no fall, ooh, I I have an issue with that. Like it, the doesn't, stock it just tip. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the stock tip when he ends and he's like pay like that that rubbed us the wrong oh, way. Oh my god, that was wild. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we see Jerry, and he's dating this person as well. He actually kind of brought up, uh, you know, talking about her a little bit earlier when he was talking about dating with Elaine. Um, but this person is played by Marita Garrity. I can't. I, I'm, I'm sure I screwed up how to pronounce her last name, but I will always remember her from as Nancy uh, from Groundhog Day. Oh she, yeah, she was uh, the the like the I don't know the one who kind of hits on Phil yeah. at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. I, she has I the wanted... she has the bidding yeah. war with um Anthony, uh, with uh, Andy McDowell. You know when they're doing the the date auction. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch Groundhog's Day just a couple weeks or a week ago or two weeks? Whatever. Week? Yeah. Did you watch I, it? I didn't. I mean, I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. But... I, I always want to. Like, I'm always wanting to watch Groundhog's Day on Groundhog's Day, but I never quite get a chance to because I don't own it. Unfortunately, I, need I to... do. I was looking right over my. I do own it, do and you? I don't know okay. why I didn't watch it. <laughs> But I, you know, 
I, yeah. I just went on, I, sh- I fucking should have bought it because I just went on a Christmas movie binge. Cause you know, I, I like, like, you know, I watch Scrooge, I watch, um, yeah. you know, a Chris, a Christmas story, like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, but if you don't have cable, then you don't get to watch it on Christmas day. So I was like, fuck it. I'll mm. just buy all the Blu-rays. I should have fucking bought, uh, the, yeah. the Groundhog's day one. Cause I was like, I, I love, I mean, I love Bill Murray. I love, uh, Harold Ramis. My, my wife is yes. a huge, 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 huge Harold Ramis fan. Uh, we met his daughter, um, mm. at the mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Uh, uh, con- it wasn't a convention. It was that it was on mm-hmm. the Sony lot about three years ago. They had this like Ghostbusters Day, and uh, his his daughter. And, and a- he, did he already pass at that time? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he, okay. he's passed a while ago. And his daughter wrote a book, uh, just being you know, it's called a, a Ghostbusters Daughter, about you know being his Neil Ramis's daughter and everything. And um, my wife read it; she loved it. She actually got her to sign the book. But the cool thing is, at the the talk, which she she gave like a little panel, it was kind of outside, kind of people were sitting down, and we were in the front row. And she just locked eyes with my wife the whole entire time. And so, like, when my wife went to go get, you get her to sign the book, she, uh, her name is Violet uh, uh, Ramus Steele. Uh, when when she went to go sign her book, she was like, thank you for, for, for being there. Thank you for being the, the friendly face in the crowd that I basically latched onto because she was like i was nervous to talk and of course my wife is sitting there like teary-eyed she's like oh my god so i was like they now they have this like connection that is just always going to be forever at that one moment that my that violet ramus Steele used like basically used my wife as the 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 nice anchor point for when she was nervous to to talk about her dad i'm like that's really fucking amazing i'm i'm so happy that my wife has that you know that is that is awesome way yeah. better than my groundhog day story or great yeah uh <laughs> Which my my Groundhog Day uh, movie story is uh, me and my buddy Clint uh, at one point we decided for Groundhog Day get drunk and watch Groundhog Day about as many times as we could just over and over again we relived the movie Groundhog Day like multiple we watched it like five times in a row <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you that sounds fucking amazing <laughs> we drank a lot and we had a good time. I- it kind of reminds me, I was back in college, and it was like USA, like some channel, like USA or TBS or something, right? And on President's Day, they said today is Predator's Day, and they literally played Predator 1, <laughs> not Predator 1 and 2, but Predator 1, back to back, all day long, and they, because some genius in marketing said, President's Day? <laughs> Predator's Day. Let's do that. And you know what? Me and my roommate got drunk and watched Predator like five times in a row. Dude. Dumb times. Dumb times. Dude, those were the times when we had no responsibilities at all. Yeah. Like, God damn exactly. it. We didn't have to impress anybody. No. We just did dumb shit. And yeah. Uh, but I'm also glad I'm not single and doing mm-hmm. dumb shit like that anymore. No, no, no. I'm I'm infinitely happier where my life is now. Yeah, <laughs> true. All right, all right. Um, so Jerry doesn't want to go out. He kind of has these weird comments about like, oh, people will be looking at you. He mentioned stuff about this to Elaine earlier, which I thought was kind of, he's gone on a hundred dates by now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my note for this. I was like, this was such a weird like thing for them to lean into here, you know, is like, so they set it up with Jerry and Elaine having this conversation about how it's awkward to go out on a date. And then you have her come by. You would think Jerry just let that slide and you'd be like, okay, let's go out on a date. But no, he leans into that. Yeah. I, it, didn't seem it didn't fit his character. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, he does get a call from that creepy guy again from the stationery store, uh, and then they hear a door knock, and it's Newman. Ah. Yes, 
Yes. Our first Newman of the season. <laughs> yeah. And you notice he gets like a, a cheer. He gets a Kramer cheer yeah. from old. Yes. It, people are excited to see Newman. I as well. Um, because much like you are a fan of any time Elaine brings up Baltimore. <laughs> if you didn't know, I went to the University of Georgia, the same place that Wayne Knight went to school, the University of Georgia, my man. Yep. We even graduated the same year, uh, which is just kind of weird because he went back. He didn't graduate at first, oh. then he went back and graduated in 2008, yeah. which is the same year I graduated. Yay. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Me and Wayne Knight, we're awesome. <laughs> anyway, you guys, and no, I, and you guys are awesome. I will, yeah. I will attest to that. <laughs> and everyone know. I mean, if you listen to this, this show, you know my adoration that I have for Newman. Just the character's awesome, and you get they're back and forth. Um, he wants to talk to Kramer about. Gendison because he's all you know hyped up on what the hell's going on and um oh, I love the way that he just comes in you know he's just like um you know uh ooh you know oh you you know something oh you know, he just wants to he wants to find out you know tell me tell me and then he looks ooh ooh chocolates and <laughs> just walks out and he gets so distracted um you know by food and then Newman recognizes Margaret do you notice it right when he recognized her he shoves the chocolate into his pocket I did, yeah, because yeah, he's just trying. He's trying to play it cool, yeah, yeah. But because Newman's cool, I'm not gonna lie. And apparently, we find out that they used to date. And um, I love the way just his little things. The way he goes toodaloo, <laughs> and he just heads out after that. And it's he knows already how much just him knowing Margaret is eating at Jerry. Of course. <laughs> he just, that's why he's the perfect it. nemesis, man. That's why he's yeah. the perfect nemesis. He's not oblivious. He hates Jerry just as much. They're they're connected through Kramer. And yeah. I do always still, we've talked about it before, I do always still love that after they get over the initial venom, they're able to interact for a little bit until someone yeah. does something to make the other person angry. Exactly. I mean, he opened the door. He's cordial enough. He let he, Newman yeah, he into his house to eat just chocolate. Slam you know, you you yeah. would think if you really hated him, you just slam the door on him. But like, yeah, he he interacts with them and everything. Exactly. Um, but after Newman leaves, Jerry finds out that um, you know they used to date, but Newman is the one who ended things, mm -hmm. which is really strange because that woman is definitely out of his league. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it just none of it is computing. No, and yeah, no, does not compute is literally all that is on Jerry's face the entire time. But what I like about this moment is this: now we're kind of really starting to get to the first aspects of building that mythos yeah. of Newman. We're kind of you know we're gonna get that sp a spot later where M Newman can climb trees really well. Yeah, we're gonna get other stuff where Newman is just. He can seduce the farmer's daughter and that kind of thing. Newman, he becomes like more than just a man. And this is one of those moments where we're getting that. Because um, before Newman, he was always a nemesis, you know, when we saw him before, mostly. But like he was never more than a regular guy. Yeah. Here we're starting to get, you know, Newman, there's something special about him. Ugh. And I, I can't wait to see the, the layers that they give us because yeah. just the start of this, man, I was like, this is the Newman. This is it, guys. Yes. This is it. Oh, my God. I love it. Yep. Perfect. And, and like this whole episode, just perfect use of Newman, perfect amount of Newman. It's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. As a he's the perfect foil for Jerry. He is. Oh, God damn. Love me some Newman. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> Except when he's only featured for one second getting well, hit by a Well, it doesn't make boot. any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I will always fucking give you shit for that one. <laughs> well, because it's like, well, if you, if you hired him for a scene... Hire him for a second scene. Hire him for three scenes. Get if you don't don't cock tease me. Don't Newman tease me. So anyway, but here you're right. Newman is used perfectly in this episode. All right, uh, Kramer comes in and he's freaked out because he found a a golf. There was a golf tee found at the dry cleaners, and so now he's just oh shit, worried that he is the cause of this rage. I, I thought they said. I thought he said that they found a a a, a golf tee in the dry cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to end a golf tee at the at the dry. No, I meant like I thought they were saying in pink. Oh, like 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 he stabbed him with. (laughs) That's what I thought. I I mean, I could be wrong. You could be right. I could be wrong. But that's what I thought. I heard it as found it in the dry cleaner, meaning like in him. I and I heard in the dry cleaners. It works both ways. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. Poor Uh, poor Pinkus. Poor poor Pinkus. At Monks, Jerry and Elaine discuss the whole Newman Margaret situation, which is just befuddling. Um, You know what's what's wrong with her? You know what is going on? Why would Newman dump her? What the heck is her fault? Because obviously, according to Jerry, and what we will see more and more and more is there is a fault with each and every one of these women, and for her. It's because Newman dumped her. <laughs> Newman is yeah. the fault. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. I mean, and also, like, he Jerry's looked into Newman's eyes. He's pure evil. <laughs> Good line. I love that. Because <laughs> Elaine, Elaine's, like, trying to be like, you know what? Maybe there's more depth to Newman, you know? And then, no. Looked, Elaine, Jerry's I've like, no, there's much eyes. less. He's pure evil. It's great. <laughs> exactly. That's fucking great. Honestly, this whole little dialogue in the cafe here is, I love it. It's fantastic. Well, and, and it adds, again, it adds more to the mystery yes. of Newman. Yes. It, yeah, actually, you're right. It's fun because it's dialogue that's actually not, well, it's sort of plot-centric, but it's also, it's plot-centric and it's informing us about Newman, which is, so it's mm-hmm. like a two-fold thing and you're just, you're getting two things yeah. out of it, which is great. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey. That's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We find out that the pencil is apparently in, and Elaine's all upset because she got the pencil somewhere else and because she could get it a day earlier, which is really weird. If she already ordered it from this one store, why would you go to another one just you know, you, you know, you ordered it, but whatever. Also, she was pretty creeped out by that guy. So I kind of get wanting to be away from that store. Yeah. But uh, then Julie comes in and Elaine makes a comment about 
uh, the big salad. Basically, like, oh, man, I you know better head out if George is coming or else he's going to make me pay because he bought the big salad. And Julie's like, whoa, how the hell do you know that? So we then cut to Newman's place, and we get to see inside Newman's apartment, which is not very clean. <laughs> no, no. But he, do- is, he is the opposite of Jerry, where Jerry yes. is ultra clean and ultra tidy. Oh. Newman is kind of shits everywhere. Oh, good. Good point. I didn't put that together, but I think that's very much a design choice. He is Bizarro Jerry. He is Evil Jerry. He's the opposite of Jerry. I I would have liked if they actually flip-flopped his apartment to where uh, everything was on, like, the exact opposite side, if that would have made sense. Yeah, no, I I totally get what you're saying. Did you notice, like, when when Newman answers the door, he's like, hello, Jerry. But I think it'll become a little bit more punctuated later, but I do like it. He has his own hello. Oh, Jerry, I absolutely appreciate that. You know what I would have think I would have added as well into Jum- into Newman's um, uh, apartment, like a Batman statue oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just to kind of go, yeah. just to do the opposite. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, yep. where Jerry's a, a Superman guy, he could be a Batman yep. guy. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to think of things that could have been added, and I know they're not. But I just God, I love Newman. I, I know he's great. He's <laughs> great. That couch was ugly as shit, though. It was ugly as shit. I like Jerry's line here where he's like, my skin is crawling just being in your little rat's nest. (laughs) He is uncomfortable, you know, and he's further uncomfortable because he still got on his head. How the hell did Newman, you know, land Margaret? And then also, why did Newman dump her? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -mm. Uh, And he says she just wasn't my type. You know, she didn't do it for him. He needs a really pretty face. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, she's pretty fucking hot. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, th- yeah. I think she's cute as hell. I like, I like the red hair. I like the curl. I like the curls. I, I like yeah. the, the the no makeup thing. I mean, yeah. I, I and I'm not gonna lie. I love everything about this. Like everything that's happening in oh, this episode with uh, Newman and her. It's I, absolutely I love it wonderful. <laughs> and you see the glee on his yes, face yes. because he's eating at Jerry because he's pure evil he knows <laughs> he gets the joy <laughs> from does. just crushing Jerry's soul mm-hmm. it's wonderful all right Kramer is looking you know he's still talking about these golf rules to basically prove to himself that this murder isn't his fault and here we get his little line where he's just talking about Pincus oh Pincus the dry cleaner <laughs> poor little Pincus poor Pincus poor little Pincus Exactly. Uh, Kramer then decides he's leaving. He's got to go see Gendis and he's got to get this shit off his mind. So, so they, he's going to go see him. Yeah. So they hadn't arrested Gendis, even though like he was all over the news and everything, which is really weird. They don't typically unless Gendison was like already on the run and it did not seem like he was already in the run because it sounded like he was a main suspect, which typically means you're under custody. And like the, the news doesn't really start saying like, hey, here's the main suspect. Um because that's a person who, you know, unless you are charged, like that is a big kind of violation and it could potentially yeah. be like slander or yeah. something like that. Because, <laughs> you know, you're saying, hey, I murdered somebody, but I am i haven't been charged with shit. Like that is a, kind of a weird. You're right. They did fuck that up somehow. Yeah, that was a little odd in my book. But you know what? 22 minutes. We, you know, we'll give it a pass. Yeah. Yeah. We got to We got to keep going. You know, uh, Julie and George are at Monk's and. You know, she's annoyed because she knows that George let slip about the whole big salad shit. And um, she really kind of dives in and digs in about it and finds out, you know, George eventually admits that he said that, you know, he paid for it and all this kind of stuff. He's just, God damn it, he's so petty. Yeah. 
with this stuff. I want to just be like, dude, look at this gorgeous woman and smart and awesome woman. She was, she was yeah. seemed to be very, very into you. She was, had good rapport with your friends. And because she held a salad in her hand, he couldn't handle it because it was given to someone else. And she got the quote unquote, thanks, which is honestly a thanks to the couple. Yep. That's all that matters. Yep. And, She's just like, as you put it, says, all I did was give someone a fucking bag and she leaves. And, and the funny thing is, like, that's not a punchline. Like, I, I loved how just yeah. realistic that dialogue was. But the joke comes from George being like, uh, oh, well, wait. And you can see, yeah. like, how it sort of hits him. He's like, oh, wait, you're right. I, I did lose my mind over this stupid, petty thing. I liked that, man. I thought that was yeah. really fucking just it was it was mature. It was a mature ending to that i liked her reaction yeah it, we didn't get like that exactly that punchline with the big laugh we got like a he even realizes what a dumbass he is yep so all right elaine has to explain to this stationary guy you know that she already got the pencil even though he ordered it for her all this stuff and he try and he uses her guilt out of the whole situation to get a date out of her and Elaine begrudgingly agrees to it, but in my opinion, she doesn't fucking owe him a thing. No, not a This guy is creepy thing. as shit. Just, why do you care about your relationship? I know you feel bad, but why do you care about your relationship with this creepy fucking guy? You don't owe him this. And now, to dive into it, women feel that guilt. And that is a sexist kind of thing that happens with society, is they feel they owe men dates who ask them out. And she doesn't owe this fucker shit because he has been really weird and obviously weird. Did did Keisha have any? Did she watch this oh, one with you? Yeah, she 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 did not was not happy with that character at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then she and she didn't. Yeah, and obviously she doesn't think. Yeah, same same way and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she didn't really overtly say it, but I could just tell her 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 <laughs> feminist waves were kind of hitting me pretty hard in the head. But like, I get it. It's just it's obvious yeah. that it's like. I know you're feeling the guilt, but you don't owe him that shit. No. You don't owe him that date. No. Like, please don't do it because he's been creepy. I, I did love the look on Elaine's face when she begrudgingly agreed. She's like, okay. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. funny. But, yeah, ultimately yeah. you're like, it's it's more th – that whole situation, even though – I and it, that's what sucks too because I, I love styles, right? Like, I'm like, oh, it's yes. styles. But then ultimately kind of turns out to be creepy. And you're like, yes. yeah, okay. Yeah, and we don't see the date. We just kind of assume it does not go well, or we assume that she Blue. cancels it yeah. or hides, you know, ghosts him or something. Well, I mean, that's that's what I said. Just ghost the guy. Like, yeah. ultimately, just fucking ghost him. That's it. It's more at that time. It was way easier to ghost people. There was no fucking social media. There was none of the online shit that you like. You had a presence on. You could ghost somebody, and they would basically never fucking find you. Yeah, exactly. Especially in New York, man, with all those people. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Uh, in the car, Jerry and Margaret are talking, and he just still cannot get past the Newman thing. <laughs> I love how it's eating at him. I, I love the way, like, even even right here, Newman's presence is all over this scene. <laughs> I I love it, man. I fucking exactly. love it, bro. <laughs> he's, he's, like, looking at her, like, trying to find the flaw. Like, what, what, what does Newman see that I don't? And he had to, you know, dump her for it. I don't get it. And she is, like, she can tell something's wrong. She's like kiss me fucking do it you know what and he can't he can't even kiss this beautiful woman i love it i love this i love all of this man yeah. she kicks him out of the car that's great that's great we get a wonderful little silent newman to himself yeah, yeah. and we don't so. see 
Jerry land on his butt like this and i don't mean physically we don't usually see it like even in like energetically uh but to see it happen physically and everything it's Mm -hmm. great which it also i think it i think it does a good job of establishing that the only person that can really fuck up jerry is newman yeah very true all right uh at the apartment george confronts elaine about her saying something to julie you know be all because of George saying something to Elaine, although it's really his fault, obviously. But, um, you know, here we get his great line. We've already talked about you had to have the big salad. He shakes his arms up in the air. It's funny humor. It's funny, like physical comedy. And the crowd is really into it. They they love it. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jerry gets a call at this point. Apparently Kramer is driving Gendison (laughs) in a Ford Bronco. And then we cut to the TV and it is obviously O.J. Simpson driving in the Ford Bronco footage. I can't remember. Was it Cato Kalen who yeah. drove him or no, not? No, no, it, it was it was the other guy. The other guy is some other, yeah, you know, one of the other kind of dudes. Um, uh, it was because I watched that FX miniseries with Cuba oh, Fitting yeah, Jr. Yeah. It yeah, was actually yeah, yeah. really good, and, and Cuba did he did a fantastic job in it. Um, but yeah, it was his. It was another like football player friend of his. But I but I love it. You know who this is? Damn it, because that's that's what he said. Another yep. as, as well. It's, that's what Kramer says too. Exactly. But. This whole scene is a play on that. Even 100%. the lines that Kramer is saying. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, very topical. Yeah. Ha ha ha. You know, someone watching it today who's a kid wouldn't get that at all, but we understand that reference. And I mean, I don't think it would it holds back like the the humor of it, you know. I think no. I think you probably don't get as much out of it, but it still kind of stands as it is, you know. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It's it's hard to look at it without knowing what the reference that they're doing with mm-hmm. it because we freaking lived it, man. We were yeah. we were I can remember all of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then we get a stand-up on murder. To me, murder doesn't really seem like that great of a revenge. Wouldn't years of subtle psychological mind games be a lot more satisfying? Constantly calling him, hanging up when he answers the phone, sending pizzas and taxis to their house all night long. After a while, he would go, I wish that guy would kill me already. I can't take it anymore. And how come when the police catch some really bad criminal or something, they put him in the handcuffs, they hit him with the baton, they put him in the chokehold, and then they're always careful. They don't want him to hurt his head when they're putting him in the back of the patrol car. Watch your head, watch your head. Don't hit that metal edge. That really hurts. The first part of it was funny. The second part was not. Yeah, yeah, it is um, mostly hit or miss, and I think it was... Yeah, kind of a miss episode or a miss stand up. Yeah, me. and and I mentioned earlier in our review of this episode that I thought all the stand ups were good up until then. Yeah, this one I did not think was as strong as technically the last three that we've seen over the course yeah. of this episode and the previous episode. Um, yeah. But speaking of the previous episode, I led the charge in the review. So as per usual, my man Adam, what is your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Overall, I thought this was a solid episode. I didn't think it was as good as the previous one, personally. Um, you do get a a lot of some good, really good performances. The standouts for me were Kramer and Newman. Yay, Newman! <laughs> Kramer had some really good uh, physical comedy comedy early on when he was kind of yelling uh, at Jerry or doing, like, you know, redoing some of the shit that he said with Gendison, Gendison, um, and some of the other stuff. Newman was perfect. Newman was spot on Newman, Newman, exactly the kind of Newman that I want. 
Elaine stuff was just kind of awkward. I didn't really love that storyline personally, not even just because of, you know, I thought it was weird that she accepted it, but just in general, it was kind of meh. I could, I kind of, I, what I needed was maybe, maybe Mr. Pitt I was gonna saying say, like, I Mr. need Pitt the pencil. We didn't even yeah. see Mr. Pitt. I needed something like put the pressure on the pencil and there wasn't all that much pressure on the pencil because there was no pit. And so her storyline kind of fell a little flat for me. Uh, George was classic, stupid, overthinking, petty George. And so I thought he was just fine. And honestly, I really did love seeing Jerry being thrown off from his normal kind of cool, calm, collected state. So that was a lot of fun. And knowing that it was Newman's fault made it even better. <laughs> I love me some Newman. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a just a fun, strong episode for me. I gave it four out of five big salads. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Yeah, I mean, everything you said, I, I feel the same way. I, I really don't have much to add to that. Um, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think Elaine's stuff was all that strong this episode. Um, I think we kind of lost a potential to have a good side character with Styles. Um, we didn't really get to utilize him at all this episode. Um, but yeah. we, what we lost with Elaine, we gained with Newman. So mm -hmm. even though Newman isn't one of our main four, I still think enough people got like uh, enough fun stuff to do. And like you, I mean, uh, you're you're the guy that loves Newman on the show, obviously. But I love Newman love too. too. I mean, I know, yeah, exactly. I, I, Newman's fucking awesome. It's man. impossible not to love Newman. And and the fact that now they're laying in this like this groundwork now of him becoming larger than life, and even and mm -hmm. even better foil for Jerry, like. I have to give it an extra little nudge because of that. It, this probably would have landed on a five for me if not for the wow. final standup was a little bit was a little bit ho hum at the very very end. I think that knocked it down just a smidge for me. So I'm gonna give this four point five dead pinkuses out of five. Oh, poor little <laughs> poor pinkus, little pinkus, dude. The first two episodes of season six are freaking awesome. However you put it out, exactly. I gave a four and a five, and you gave a five and a 4.5. I mean, these are two strong episodes. They are, bro. They are. Because you can tell that they're confident with their characters now. You don't really have to tinker with George Elaine and Kramer. You know what the base is, so you can start, like, just peppering little things in here. But also, you can start giving, like, Newman more to do. And I think we're going to see more stuff from other people in the future. There's going to be there's gonna be room for Putty to do stuff. Because mm -hmm. right now... Our main characters are fully formed. I, I, I don't think we're going to get much contradiction, you know, in their behaviors moving forward. I think they're going to pretty much behave like Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer. We think that they're going to, which gives the writers yeah. more room to play with with side characters. And I do think moving forward, side characters are going to start being very, very strong on the show. Yeah, this is... This is... You're right. This is the transition to, you know, we know our main characters and they're going to drive stuff, but those extra guys are really going to bring it. And I love, love seeing Newman really becoming the Newman that I adore and the larger than life Newman that um, I'm just excited to watch more of that. And, and the great things, the great thing is like 
like good writing, the the new stuff we're getting to for Newman doesn't feel out of character. It, it feels like it no. all is in line with his character. We're just getting more information, so it doesn't feel like they're like retooling anything. They're just saying, okay, well, we have we now have a sandbox to play in. Let's let's start playing in it, man. Like this feels like they're like all the chains are off. Like, let's just have a good yep. time with all the pieces of the puzzle that we have. And let's start adding new stuff. Cause we know we're going to get Jay Peterman. We know we're going to get yep. putty. Uh, we have still more of, of Mr. Pitt in front of us. We have a lot more of Newman, uh, in front yes. of us, which is, I can't wait to get to that. I can't wait to get to, uh, uh, the, the JFK's fucking golf clubs, man. I fucking love that yeah. shit. I can't wait for that. So I know we have a lot of, featured side characters like basically you're going to start filling out the ranks i have a question for you are you a betting man Corey? i'm not because I, i'm an artist i never have any fucking money <laughs> and i can't i can't afford to lose what i have <laughs> well do you want to make a free bet yeah all right what are you, what do you think what is like the not the over under but like if you had to bet do you think this season is going to end up with a higher overall average than season five, which both of us really liked season five. So do you think, do you like now two episodes in, do you think this will overall be a better season of Seinfeld? Yes. Hands down. Okay. Yes. Wow. That, that's what I'm expecting. That That's what I'm expecting. Yes. Okay. Uh, just because like we just, like I just said, I, we know we have Jay Peterman in the future. We have, we have all this kind of stuff in the future. And at some point we, we do have to admit that we love the side characters on Seinfeld. We love these side mm -hmm. characters. And I think with them starting to get featured more, I think yes. Now, Adam, what do you think? Um, Just watching the first two episodes, I'm trying to just kind of glance down the rest. And I'm going to say no. Okay. Okay. I think... Looking a little bit at some of these store, these or some of these names. Now, there's a couple fantastic ones coming up that get me excited, but there's a lot of them that I'm just like, okay, I don't remember that one being a thing. That one wasn't all that great. Blah, 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 blah. But you know what? We'll see when we rewatch it yeah. because there's a lot of differences. But I think right now, season five is going to beat season six. Okay. But, and and y'all, we also have to keep in mind, I mean, like, the marine biologist, the the bus yeah. driving story, that's all behind us now. Like like those are big moments of Seinfeld and and they are in our rear rear view window. So I am I'm curious. And but there have been episodes where uh I think at the very end of last season there were a couple episodes where you and I were like I did not expect this to be fucking awesome like if someone oh, yeah. you know. So I I'm, I'm always curious to see uh these ones that we I don't remember I, I you know I remember them all but like by name I'm like okay maybe and then boom you're like oh my god this is where this is where this is from this is where that's from holy shit. Yeah. You know what I think is going to hurt it? And may I don't know and maybe we'll have to figure out if we're going to rate the highlights episode. Uh, yeah, that could be the outlier. That's the thing. That's the. I look at that. I'm just like, I don't. I, I mean, that's. Here's, there's no storyline. But I, I, do do we watch that and do we rate it like the other episodes, or do we, a uh, kind of talk about it and then not treat it like the others and not rate it? But it is an episode of Seinfeld. I here's my suggestion, uh, guys and gals out there. Let us know what you think. My suggestion is we rate it 
but probably we do more of a, of a free form discussion on it mm-hmm. uh, because it's yeah. pretty much all of Seinfeld up to this point. You know, there's no point of going scene yeah, by no, scene. It just doesn't. I mean, but but I just think, watch the. I don't know. But That's I think weird. we can rate it because you know it's gonna it's gonna need like editing is gonna be a part of what makes it fun. So I think yeah. we're gonna have to see. Like, I think we should rate it just to see how that episode stands up on its own. You know, I really think we should. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I I agree because if it's a show, if it's an episode that you put out for your show, it counts as an yeah. episode for your show. I don't care if it's a highlight or whatever. That is part of your brand and that's part of what you're putting out there. If, so. if I remember correctly, does Jerry intro it on the set? Is that how it is? I, I, uh, I feel like I've I only seen that episode like once or twice. So honestly, I'm kind of curious to see what the bookends are, like how how they set it up, you know? Yeah. And that episode even has an it has a writer, and I'm kind of curious, like who? What's it's probably the writer? It's probably for the bookends, I think. Probably could be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, but curious. I say we do it. I say we do it. I think we're. I think we right. both should. Uh, I yeah. think we're on the same page. It's, it's, it's an it's episode. On the season. It's on. It's going to be on like the the you know every yeah. everything you know from the DVDs to the streaming is yeah. on Hulu or Netflix or whatever you find it on, um, and so I think it should count. Ha- how many, like, what are we on right now? Like, what number? I not, not what Cartwright number, but what Seinfeld number are we on? Do you know? 88. Oh, okay. So we only have 12. The big salad more, was 88. Okay, so we only have 11 yeah. more in between, and then the 12th episode from now will be the 100th episode. Okay. Correct. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm, I am color me curious. And uh, offline, Adam, uh, you are going to have to explain to me what over under means, because as we've discussed <laughs> before, um, I am now, it's one of those phrases where I'm too old and too scared to ask. So uh, it's a phrase that I've always heard about betting, but never quite understood what it meant. So there we go. Mm, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, you can also explain to me the blast from our past network. The entire network is one of the best networks of podcasting you will ever find in the world of podcasting. We have fantastic shows like Blast From Our Past Podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, Podcasting After Dark, and the one I really want to talk about, Talking Back, Tim and Dean from Canada. Those two guys are amazing. They really break down everything like nowadays from when it's film, TV, or comics, and they really pick stuff that they're passionate about, and they dive into it hardcore. I love the way that Tim does really strong research, and he leads a really good podcast. By now, it should be out the episode that John and I did, my brother. Um, we talked Dread with them and had a really fun time talking Dread. The, the, so the I highly Carl recommend Urban version? The Carl Urban, yeah. not Judge Dread. Yeah. Dread yeah. from 2012. Oh, dude, I, by the way, <laughs> side note. I saw that movie fucking three times in the theater. It is, like, probably in my top 20 of all time favorite movies, but definitely, like, top 10 within the last 10 years. Dread is such a fucking cool movie, dude. It is. Absolutely. It's... It it helped. As weird as it sounds, I think it helped because the Judge Dread movie sucked yeah, so bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it also hurt it because there's so many yeah. people who didn't. They they yeah. dismissed it because they knew the last one sucked. But the thing is, like, any literally every single person that I know who watched that movie likes it. It's. I mean, I fucking love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So besides that episode, check out everything from talking back those guys really do a great job dean is ridiculous and hilarious (laughs) and tim is a little bit more uh 
clear cut. I like yeah. <laughs> I like how they do it. And, and so. you guys talked uh, dread. Um, I don't. I think our episode will probably be coming out a little bit later. But um, uh, Zach and I uh, from Podcast After Dark, we were on the show and we talked Judgment Night uh, with mm-hmm. I think it was like 1993, but with Dennis Leary and um, Emilio Estevez and Cuba Gooding Jr. and whatnot. Uh, Jeremy Piven was in it as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so we we talked that movie. That was a lot of fun. But Adam, I got to give you props, buddy. Uh, as as a fantastic uh, improv partner uh, of me, I I fucked up. I said the, I was meant to say Blast from Our Past podcast, but I said network, and you just <laughs> rolled with it. And right there, that is just the sign of a fucking like just someone who's great to just bounce off of. So I I applaud you for that one, buddy. You just fucking rolled with it. <laughs> We're a team, man. We, we know how to bounce off each other, and we just ride with it. Like we are at the point in our podcasting journey and podcasting partnership where. We can talk and we know when the other one's about to finish their statement and the other one just picks up immediately. And I really appreciate that with you because when I need a break, (laughs) then you just jump on in. And then same thing with you. When you're talking and you're done, then I can easily dive in and kind of or continue the conversation. I mean, after like, this has got to be like our 89th episode or 88, something like that. I was 88 of Seinfeld and we have, we're we're probably at like 90... Three right now, something like that. I would hope that uh, that we were pretty synced up by this point, but uh, yeah. it's awesome, and I uh, can't wait to can't wait to dive into Curb with you. So, uh, guys and gals, please check out our Patreon page. And like we said earlier, if you sign up for the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you will also receive every single episode of mm-hmm. Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast uh, completely ad free, um, the entire back catalog, every single episode. So they're they're all over there waiting for you, um, and you get them. Get them all. Get everything. Get get all of it. Hour, millions of hours of conversation about science. And I can <laughs> I can guarantee you will not regret it. And we will see you next time when we talk the pledge drive. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.